0: the Days Update for May 26th, 2019, on Felipe Nelpho. I'm Patrick Methlin.
1: And I'm Chris Elogi.
0: It's a Memorial Day weekend, so naturally everybody's out doing uh, stuff with the family. It's totally understandable. Uh, so it's mostly kind of been a quiet week, the calm before the E3 storm, I would say. Uh, yeah, so with that in mind, uh, we have some interesting, well, developments that happened pre-show, uh, but before that, i got to get through some housekeeping here. Uh, we've uh, moved our show to uh, Anchor.fm. Uh, this allows us a couple of interesting opportunities. For one, uh, it's an easy way to get on Spotify, so now we're there. Uh, if you're already subscribed to the show, uh, you don't need to do anything. You'll continue to receive the episodes as normal on whatever platform you happen to be on. Uh, but our back-end feed is now over there. Uh, the other advantage is, uh, like now, if you head over to our anchor.fm page, that's anchor.fm slash day zero update, uh, you can leave us voice messages. So, uh, yeah, if you, uh, leave a voice message, uh, we will probably play it on the show. And as long as it's not racist or sexist or just rude, generally
2: shitty. Yeah. Uh,
0: if, but, uh, yeah, we know that a lot of the time, a lot of times you, people are listening to the show and yelling at their devices, well, now you can yell back. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's ho- will hopefully be a feature that you guys take advantage of and we can incorporate into the show. So, uh, yeah, we're just trying to do things a little better over here. So uh, let's keep that going. Uh, another thing to get uh, to note is uh, we have some E3 plans. Uh, yes. E3 is, you know, it's two weeks away already. Uh, and uh, that snuck up on us, yeah, it really did, uh so what we're going to do is uh for at least for the podcasting portion of the uh, uh of the content that we do at smashpad uh it's gonna go a little bit like this uh next week will be our pre e three show uh this will be our what we expect to see uh what we're hoping to see, and uh a little bit of analysis on. Uh, the stuff that uh the uh, various companies like square sony Microsoft where Nintendo have already put out, so uh yeah you'll get some interesting content there for sure uh and uh, some personal opinions uh, from just about well whoever happens to be able to make it onto the show uh then on the ninth uh for the moment i'm actually scheduling that day to be open uh the my my thinking is if there's anything major that breaks, we want to be able to cover it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, basically, basically, you know, uh, EA goes on Friday, and I'm really not expecting too much from EA at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, it just seems like they're gonna play the game and talk about them
2: yeah. on stream. That's we know them. their audience; they know their audience, and yeah then that's
0: pretty much said. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, yeah. And, you know, I don't think any of us really want to do deep dive analysis on the Smash Brothers tournament. So, yeah, we'll leave Sunday open. Uh, If something major breaks, we will do a show on on
2: Sunday. Uh, Like that time that we did a special uh, short episode on E3 2015 and and ended up breaking a lot of news. Yeah. Uh,
0: So there will be that. Uh, if, if Microsoft and Bethesda's show had been earlier, we would have been able to get the podcast in then. Uh, but by the time they get done, it's going to be late at night and we're both going to be, well, everybody's going to be like completely knackered. So don't think we really want to record podcasts at the, at that time. So no, no, uh, but you're not going to be getting away from us that easily. Uh, you will have three episodes that week. Uh, we will be doing one Monday, uh, Tuesday, and Thursday to wrap up the show uh, as far as that goes. And then uh, we'll probably have a whole roundtable the next Sunday with everybody who we can uh, rope into uh, joining us at that day. So uh, stay tuned to that. Uh, as for the written content, uh, I'm expecting a lot of the same uh, that we usually do impressions before and probably a wrap-up uh, afterwards. So, uh, you know. It's it's what we do, and we're going to just keep doing it. Yep. Yeah. We've found what works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, let's get into what we've been playing. Uh, so for me, it's been Mortal Kombat 11. I've been actually playing a lot of that. Uh, the game has kind of settled in for me, and uh, a lot of the stuff that initially annoyed me just kind of doesn't anymore. It's, it, it's just the game. Yeah, well, it's not that it's like become numb or anything. It's just that... Uh, the whole monetization thing that they've put in there after really looking at it, it doesn't really annoy me that much uh it's you know you can buy tokens, you can buy time crystals, but with uh, the rate that the game just spews them out, you don't really need to uh so there's that uh you know the uh, the crypt is well it is what it is. Uh, if you want to get everything, you can keep uh, opening chests, resetting the crypt, and keep opening chests again.
2: So, yep, you know it's it's not it's not that bad. I was actually kind of surprised that they had it where you could re-roll it. Yeah, <laughs> entirely.
0: Yeah, and you keep all the stuff that you get. Yeah, so, you know. Uh, I, I think there's a limit of fifty chests at a time. So, but uh, I I know because I did it. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, it's um. Uh, a uh, review will be forthcoming. Uh, now that the game has kind of settled in and I've had a chance to really think about it and mull it over, uh, I can expect a pretty uh, comprehensive review of it uh, shortly.
2: Nice.
0: Uh, apart from that, uh, I've been playing uh, Assetto Corsa. Uh, that was that's free on Steam right now. So uh, for the for the weekend, really? yeah. So you can grab it for the next. Uh, it's free for the next couple of days, so you can play it. Um... Yeah, surprisingly, very good simulation. Although, oh, I know it
2: is. I have it on PS4. It, just...
0: Yeah. So if you got it on PS4, well, it's not really much point in getting the PC version. Yeah. But, uh, it's good. Uh, it's a little strange. Uh, it's like it's uh, the simulation aspect of it. The eye driving is really good, uh, but like the front end and uh, all the stuff around it is it mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of <laughs> speaks of the Eurojank. So yeah, it's it's a little weird. It's good. And for me, this manifests as when I load uh, when I load up a race, I have to alt tab into it because it, the the actual race window is a different application. Oh my god! Uh, what? Uh, okay, well, all right. Uh, if they had managed to fix that, it probably would have been better. But okay. Apart from that, while well, uh, doing that whole Steam spring cleanup thing, which. Uh, Yeah, we'll talk about it in a little bit later because it's kind of creative. And apparently they did it last year and nobody noticed. But now it's getting a little bit more press. Um, So apart from that, I've been doing some emulation stuff. uh, Messing around with MSU uh, hacks of uh, various Super Nintendo games. I did Top Gear. I did a proper uh, rock and roll racing, uh, including actually editing the George Thurgood song so it actually matches the original (laughs) because I'm... OCD like that. Uh, oh, and uh, yeah, removing Peter Gunn and putting in Golden Earring, so you got the best of both worlds. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why why would you want Peter Gunn when you can have Radar Love? Just just
2: saying. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, yeah, apart from that, um, well, I'm expecting to get uh, into some other emulators like CMU, which. Uh, will be interesting to see if it will run well on my system uh it's uh that's CMU is a is a wii u emulator so uh, interesting yeah. yeah they're already getting there I know that uh p c s x three I experimented with a little bit and um, I'm very impressed with how well that's going uh, skate three used to be not really be playable and now it totally is <laughs> so I need to get my butt into that so Oh yeah, they added uh they added native DualShock 3 support to the emulator, so Wow. Yeah. That that was that's been a hurdle. Yeah. So they they so they finally got it in into the Windows version. The Linux version is still a little behind on that, but they're getting there. Cool. Uh apart from that, that's pretty much it. So how about you, Pat?
2: Uh Stormblood. I'm I'm pretty much locked into that game for the long haul. Um just getting market things and end game things done until uh Shadowbringers comes out. Next the end of next month now. Um so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Metropolis Street Racing. Uh we really need PGR five at oh. this point. <laughs> Just I cannot put that game down and it's uh it's very yeah. telling about um how poorly that brand of racing is represented in today's landscape. Yeah.
0: By poorly you uh, mean not at all.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh I think Drive Club kinda tried, but um didn't exactly deliver as it could have. Yeah. Um a couple of VR titles. I'm still on Wipeout Omega collection. Um VR completely changes that game. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, even back in the day, like playing Wipeout XL on the PS1, uh, it was one of those games I kind of thought about as, you know, when, when VR gets here, uh, this series is going to have a major place in, in there. And sure enough, um, getting to play Wipeout in VR and kind of fulfilling that childhood vision is still one of my favorite vr experiences all around and i can see that being almost as much of a rabbit hole for me as stormblood at this point <laughs> um you can other play than that the i picked up in uh, in vr well a it's total conversion you can play the whole game
0: hmm.
2: in vr um yeah i wish gran turismo had done the same thing hmm. uh And then I picked up Ultra Wings, which is basically VR pilot wings. Okay. And I'm starting to find my limits with VR. (laughs) Okay. Um, I would be very interested to find out what effect uh, the availability of mass market VR has had on the sales of Dramamine. (laughs) Because I was fine for like 95% of the flight. And then it came time to land. Oh. And I'm kind of circling the landing strip, and, you know, I'm sort of at a 43 or 45 degree angle on the approach. And as the plane starts to go down, I can feel my stomach start to come up. <laughs> and thankfully everything stayed in, but, uh, it was definitely, um, it was one of those experiences I haven't gone back for since. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I will eventually. And, um, you know, get myself adjusted properly to the experience of it. But, Oh, I think I need to be a little more careful on those approaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, start from further out. <laughs> use a, Yeah. Sure. Less of an angle. But, yeah. But it's, it's a fantastic game. Um, it doesn't quite nail the controls the way Pilot Wings does, but it seems to be trying to be a little bit more of a simulation, so that makes sense. Yeah. But uh I don't know, for fifteen bucks it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah, you also picked up dirt rally as you told me. I, I did. did. I haven't spent much time with it yet, but it's in there. Yeah. So that's been my week. All right. How about you, Chris?
1: Uh, yeah, so I've been continuing to play Minecraft on the Switch. Uh, still working on my underground or underwater base. I've got the the top layer done, so part that'll basically hang out right above the water. Mm. Uh, working on the second layer now. Uh, making good progress on that uh, to the point where I've started letting the water in in some points, uh, which starts revealing some of the the weirdness of Minecraft's water physics. <laughs> Uh, especially when you're trying to hollow out the ground underneath it. So I have some points where the water, this ocean essentially, it's around it, uh, is not filling it up. So I guess I have to go down further and try to uh, mine some of the stuff uh, that's kind of in the way, I guess. Yeah. Keeping it from really leveling out. Although I'm tempted to just uh, make an iron bucket and just uh, fill it up myself. <laughs> uh in a way that's going to make that work just the the weird ways that water works in that in that engine mm. uh i'm also getting haunted by uh llama handlers or no alpaca handlers uh they are one of the the friendly mobs i guess mm. uh <clears throat> whenever they show up it's a dude uh with two llamas and they're like dressed nicely with some like uh Linen on them, They go nice and colorful, but they just spawn everywhere. <laughs> I've had this repeatedly spawn on my island. I kill them, I kill the llamas, uh, and move on. And then uh, a short while later, another one will spawn. <laughs> uh, it's very weird, especially with them not having been around before. Like My island has two sheep, uh, a cow, and a horse that hangs out on top. Uh, they just spawned and I never got around to killing them but I can like mine the sheep for uh wool. Mm. And when I get that bucket, I can have some milk, but uh, the horse, I can ride it. I just don't have the, the lure that lets me actually guide it. Mm. Uh, which was kind of annoying when I had uh, my crafting table and furnace and chest up there. Cause the same button you used to get on the horse is the same one to open that stuff up. Mm. So I would sometimes just like walk just close enough where the focus would technically go on the horse. I'd be like, I'm going to look in my chest, wait, why am I on the horse? Uh, sort of thing, where it's like, oh, uh, I need to uh, move this stuff away. So I've got that all gone. I've even got a couple blocks of dirt to uh, grow trees inside the the top layer of my little underwater layer. Uh, so I don't have to necessarily keep going up and out of it all the time. I'm just working to sink the the rest of the island so that I have all this layer, though, trying to uh mine the the blocks under the water is uh a bit tougher cuz your speed mining speed uh slows down dramatically when you're in the water. Hmm. If you're above it it works as normal. But that same block inside the water goes a little bit slower so uh just taking time to work through this stuff but uh making good progress and it seems like it's going to work out pretty well just uh have to kind of keep uh, working on it, so... Uh, that's kind of going at a steady pace. i uh, been playing more Rocket League. I've got almost all the uh, challenges done for this week. I think the last one I have is just to win some matches with uh, a specific wheel on, which I've had on the entire time. I think I'm like 6 or 7 out of 10 done so far, so so far so good. Uh, working on getting my uh, season rank progress going up. Uh been doing the standard 3 p 3 And I like, think I'm in gold now, but I just have to get the, the rank progress, just keep winning at uh, gold or higher to get it up there. Uh, but yeah, that's still a lot of fun. No more racist people yet mm-hmm. uh, for a while, so that's been fine. And uh, for the stream yesterday, I played Dauntless, which is one of the new games that came out on uh PS4, PC, and Xbox One. It is essentially like a free-to-play Monster Hunter. Hmm. Uh, and so having played a, a good bit of Monster Hunter World, uh, gave me some, uh, a good base of strategies to work with. Uh, the game doesn't have, like, big open world areas. Uh, it does have sort of fairly large areas for, uh, specific types of monsters that'll show up, and I've gotten to the point where they introduce these patrols where it's like, oh, there's, like, three potential monsters that could spawn in this island. You have to go like explore and uh figure out which one's there and you know work on that. And uh let's say there's no camera lock. That's been a little bit of a disappointment. So you're kind of it's kinda of more like uh older Monster Hunter games where uh you kinda of have to manage the camera as well as uh your attacks and all that. Hmm. Uh, Stamina is a bit easier to manage, so it's it feels like a monster hunter with less uh, st- uh, stamina management and inventory management that sort of stuff because uh, you're not there's not like uh, persistent uh, elements to this hmm. you kind of just get your stuff and that's in your inventory collects that automatically it's uh, some of the scavenging stuff you have to get you're like running around like oh there's some uh, some plants I can grab uh, and that stuff uh, is important for quests and uh, crafting and all that. Like, there's no cooking food, or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, it kind of it's it's a pretty cool game. Uh, it's definitely done a lot better than the devs thought because the uh, server servers are not uh, great, especially when you're. So it has like a queue system for logging in. Hmm. So the first time I logged in, it was like, "You are about fifty thousand in the queue." <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, which it doesn't go down by like. You know, one as people go in, it goes down by like 10,000 when you're that high.
0: Hmm.
1: So you're kind of just sitting there waiting for the numbers to go down. And I think the first time it was at 50,000, it took me about like 25 minutes to get in, which was quite a bit. Uh, once I was in, I didn't really have any issues. Uh, though it crashed when I was trying to upload a video of how, uh, poorly the social area runs. Hmm. Uh, sort of when it came back to the game, it was like, ah. Crash! Something happened. I don't know. I was like, "Well, okay." I got back in. We made. <laughs> it was about like twenty thousand. Yeah. I think so. It was like ten minutes or so to get in, so that wasn't too bad. But uh, like, I can let the the controller disconnect after ten minutes, uh, a bunch, and not like let it sit there and not get kicked out too much, and it doesn't maybe go through the queue again to get back in. So. It's pretty uh relaxed on the queue stuff once you get in initially mm. um, but yeah it's it's uh it's a lot of fun uh being free to play means the a lot of the game is about grinding yeah uh so they have a lot of mechanics centered around you kind of replaying uh fights over and over again mm. uh especially with so there are so I've seen about seven or eight monsters uh they divide them up into like neutral there's fire ice uh lightning and terra monsters i've seen so far Hmm. and yeah it's five of them there's i think two or three more types that i have yet to see but yeah for each of the monsters there's a list of you can go into like the mastery menu and it shows you like a list of objectives to do some are like, you know, just beat them one time, that sort of stuff. Others are like, you know, do X amount of damage, lifetime against them. Hmm. And you'll see like four, four or five like blocks next to it. So there's like four or five tiers hmm. to those numbers. So you get that first tier and then you work on the next, 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 all that sort of stuff. And they got those for each of the monsters. Uh, and some of them are pretty crazy in terms of what they want you to do. So uh, once you beat a monster, you get a bunch of crafting materials, it lets you craft uh the early ones let you craft all of the armor for it uh the later ones let you craft maybe one or two, so you have to just to get the armor the full set you probably have to beat it like two or three times hmm. uh then it has like an objective is like beat this monster ten times with a full set of armor of its armor <laughs> so it's like all right, that's like probably about thirteen fourteen times, You probably have to do it, yeah, then there's others that are you know, about breaking off pieces off of it. Like you can cut the tail off of a lot of them uh, as well as just break various pieces, that sort of stuff. And then you get to the weapons. They also have their own similar like list of objectives that are, uh, tied to beating, like a lot of the, the weapons are also tied to the monster. So, uh, there's like six types of weapons. I think there's like a sword, like a big, great sword, uh, there's like dual axes, a big hand axe kind of thing, or like a two-handed axe. Uh, what else? There's uh, two more I haven't used yet. Uh, and then I have guns, hmm. uh, which is pretty cool because you can customize different parts of the gun to get different effects and bonuses and all that sort of stuff. Uh, when I was using the gun, because I had a quest, it was like do 10,000 damage, which took me about three fights to get all that. Uh, you get uh, like a powerful shot at the base one, and then the other one spawns out like a buff for people are doing melee attacks, hmm. so they get like extra damage with their first couple attacks with that. Uh, and so those weapons also have their own like list of objectives to do, and then I think there are some that are tied to what was it? I think it was uh, no, I think it was it. Then you just get a bunch of quests along the way. You know, trying to show you like the new things, new crafting things. Uh you can make potions, so those are like your uh, one time use uh things you can use during the fight. I got grenades, there's there's a lot of stuff there. That's like all centered around you replaying these fights over and over <laughs> again.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh that's it's definitely all about you just kind of investing tons of time into it. <laughs> so I don't know that I'm gonna get that far into it, but so far I've been enjoying it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh the stream there was a cool thing where uh in the in the fights itself there's this weird number that's going up and down. I was like, What the hell is this? This is like health for the monster? But it kept going up and down, so I was like, Maybe that's not it. Then I found out what happens when it gets to hundred hmm. percent. Uh you go into danger mode. Uh so the monster is like going berserk and your teammates can no longer respawn. Uh and you have to either drive the monster off, uh, to go run away or kill it. Hmm. And so we got into this in one of the fights on the stream. Uh, two of our guys were dead at that point, so they could not respond because it just happened while we were trying to go bring them back. And so it was these, these two guys with guns, essentially doing pot shots on them the whole time. And you have a couple ways to like do an instant respawn, uh, like these little uh, potion things for that. So I used up both of those, and then I died a minute before the other guy managed to finish him off. Hmm. it's like, Oh God, our time wasn't wasted on this uh, sort of thing. That was pretty cool. Cause up to that point, like the monsters were not all that hard. It's just a matter of doing pure damage to it. Hmm. Uh, a couple of them have some neat tricks to them. Uh, there's one in the ice where at a certain point he just gets, he covers himself in ice and you can't do any damage to him. Hmm. And he spawns these like little side monsters. And as you kill them, they give you uh, like, a, a hit for each of them to do on the monster, so you actually do damage, and sort of try to break away that ice shield. Mm. And so once you do break that shield, you get the ability to sort of continue the fight. And so it's like this neat little mechanic of, uh, having to divert your attention, just, you know, avoid his attacks, uh, but take out these little mobs, uh, to continue fighting the big dude, mm. uh, sort of thing. Uh, there's one that I fought, the, the Terra monster, which had a shield that it could move around itself. So, like, put it on its one side as it rushes you to do extra damage, which leaves the other side, if you get a hit on it, uh, vulnerable, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot of cool, like, little side attacks that it does. And, yeah, that game that game's really cool. They just need to sort of continue working on it, make the servers better, get that social area running better, because it just runs like shit. Hmm. Uh. And yeah, like the, the actual in-game stuff runs perfectly fine, so it's not a case of the game itself running poorly. It's just whatever they're doing to track like people and all this in that social area is not going well at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that game's pretty cool. It has cross-platform and cross-progression between all the systems. Hmm. Uh, though the only time I've seen it notes people on other platforms is for PC.
0: Yeah.
1: You just see like a little monitor and tower and keyboard hmm. icon next to their name when you're in the fight. But yeah, that's pretty cool. So it kind of goes through Epic's account system. Yeah. So it already has my PSN on my account, so it it knows what to push me to. So if, if I want to play this on PC or on Xbox, I can do that. Hmm. And it's not a huge game; it's like maybe ten gigs. So uh, that was a really cool game to put, play and check out. Hmm. It's kind of a a lighter Monster Hunter in a sense. Like I don't have to do. As much like prep work, it even tells you like front when you're going to the fight. Like, hey, for this fight, uh, you know, fire weapons are good. Uh, Cold armor is bad. uh, Is good. Hmm. You know, uh, so you can like adjust your loadout ahead of time. Yeah. Sort of maximize your damage and all that. Uh, yeah, it has a lot of cool stuff like that. Where it's like it's more friendly than Monster Hunter World was, which was already more friendly than the rest of the series. Uh, so yeah, this game is just a lot of fun. And I'm going to keep checking it out. Hmm. And uh, that's been pretty much it. We're going to play, I think, some of that Black Desert game for the Xbox stream tonight. Okay. Because that is on Game Pass, and I want to check it out. See what Does it. that have a subscription? Uh, no idea. I'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's on Game Pass, so I assume it's not – they're not going to be throwing anything else in there.
0: Yeah. It's also free on Steam right now for this weekend, too. So, hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh alrighty, so let's get on to uh the news of the week. Uh quick one here, uh John Romero's sigil. Uh the free version is coming out on the thirty first of May. Uh so next week. Uh and uh the premium version, including the Buckethead soundtrack, is available now for six euros and sixty-six cents. I don't know why they're I don't know why the price is in euros, but it is. Uh so yeah, you can I've seen some uh, people playing this uh on YouTube so far. Uh it looks like a decent enough wad, but I don't know. I don't think it was worth the wait or the hype. Um so I will uh I'll report back once I've had a chance to go hands-on with it. Uh but yeah, I'm not paying for it even if it is, does have a bucket head soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially since it's coming out after Eve Eternity which is a big megawad which is in a class by itself uh, yeah the Dragonfly and uh, the folks that uh, did Eve Eternity do, did a fantastic job with that uh, so yeah uh, that's available soon uh, if you were one of the people who got in on the limited run uh, physical edition uh, those are going out already so uh, yeah there you go you can have your USB key that looks like a floppy disk. Which, let's be honest, is cool as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, All right, so next up,
2: what we have is uh, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers Live Letter. So I'm just going to turn this over to you, Pat. Oh, yeah. Um, so there was a huge info dump on Thursday. Uh, the Live Letter came out and just a bunch of other news. Uh, the PC benchmark is available now, and people were kind of wondering when that was going to be. And it's kind of cool. It gives you full access to the character creator for Final Fantasy XIV as it will be when Shadowbringers releases. And if you create a character in there first, well, first of all, if you're new to the game, you can export that character um, into the into your actual account when um, Shadowbringers comes out. Mm-hmm. But um, in addition to that, there, the benchmark is sort of a trailer unto itself. And your customized character will star in that trailer if you create one beforehand, hmm. which is pretty cool. And Phil, I know you tried the benchmark out. What did you think of it? It looks really, really nice. I gotta say, uh, not what you usually expect from an MMO, is it? No, I mean
0: you've seen I've seen MMOs that look really good, uh, but they tend to not have the mechanics behind them. Uh, this one seems to have both. It looks uh, very much. Like a high quality game, Uh, visually I liked the art style, Uh, and it ran. It ran great. I mean,
2: I ran the benchmark and got fourteen thousand. So I don't know if that's good or not. But that's extremely good. Like uh, on maximum settings, I got something like ninety nine oh four. Yeah. So for comparison. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it looks. But I was always pretty sure you got way more machine than I do. (laughs) A little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. Um, Excuse uh, me. So, yeah, Um, it's good. And, Chris, it sounded like you were going to say something? No? No. Okay. Um, So, in addition to that, um, the job action trailer is also available now, which gives you a look at um, a bunch of moves that are either new to Shadowbringers or have been adjusted in one way or another. You only see them in action. You don't see the actual changes that were made, necessarily. um, But it kind of gives you a hint of what to look for when the full disclosure hits next week yeah. on all of the, um, you know, the the real statistics and uh, facts and figures behind the rebalancing of the game. Um, but for if, for those who have an hour or so, um, Mr. Happy 1227, definitely one of my favorite um, content creators for Final Fantasy 14, Um does a really good job of breaking down the the job action trailer for for those who want to maximize the clues that we're given um so it's a nice little um it's a nice video to look into if you just can't wait for next thursday to to get here and for the embargoes to lift uh or for wednesday it looks like it's going to be Mm -hmm. uh wednesday morning the embargo lifts and um the next info dump will be here Mm -hmm. um Job quest lines are kind of going away, which is a shame because there are some really good ones in Final Fantasy 14. Um they're going to be replaced by role quest lines which are a little more condensed. So if um if you're playing a tank then you're going to be on the same uh story quest line for your job as the other three tanks. Um, if you're if you're playing uh Physical DPS, Um you're going to be sharing a, a quest line with all other physical DPS, magical DPS, healers, same thing. There will be one job-specific quest at level 80 once you've finished with all those, and so I'm guessing this is just something that they're not really wanting to commit to wholeheartedly, but something that they're kind of experimenting with for Shadowbringers. And the... Um, the story focus on these will be the backstory of Arbert's party from Heaven's Ward, the Warriors of Darkness that you met toward the end of that that expansion. Hmm. And so being that you're more or less um following in their footsteps at this point, that could be really interesting. And I I always really liked the Warriors of Darkness. They were pretty well thought out characters, um in Heaven's Ward, and it'll be good to see more of them. Um other than that um you will be required to complete a roll quest line in order to advance the main story quest at one point. So I'm guessing that will happen somewhere between level 78 and level 80. Yeah. Um which is an interesting way of going about it but truth be told um it's always been pretty advisable to finish your um your job story quests the moment you unlock them, even before you uh, return to the main story quest. So this is just adding the requirement to it because, um, it'll make sure that you have all of the abilities that you need to going into, um, whatever the next content is. Yeah. So, um, and here is where I really wish Lee was here for this show because I'd want to run this part by him. They're adding a new system into the game called charged actions. And, um, what this is is basically there are going to be some moves on that are on an independent cooldown instead of the global cooldown. So these are kind of the moves that you can sneak in between global cooldowns um, in your rotation. Mm-hmm. And instead of just um, ticking back up to being active when after you use them, they will continue ticking up to multiple stocks, whether that's two or three. I guess it's going to um, – however many is going to vary based on the move. Um, Shoulder Tackle was cited as an example of one that will be getting this. Um, Kasatsu, which I'm really excited about, uh, was cited as an example. And I almost think that's going to um, make Tenchi Jin obsolete for ninjas um, if you can stock Kasatsu um, uh, for multiple uses. Um, For me, it kind of gives me Bravely Default or Octopath Traveler vibes, but Um, The way I'm hearing some people talk about it, it seems like it's a a system that has been used in World of Warcraft and is kind of being adapted for Final Fantasy XIV, which makes sense because uh, we definitely have uh, plenty of WoW refugees coming in because WoW sucks now. (laughs) Apparently. And um, it looks like this is kind of a system that's being brought in to grant some familiarity to what they're used to. Um, I can't speak on that myself. I played wow for all of two months back when burning crusade first came out mm. and I, I've forgotten pretty much the entire experience there, but, uh, I really wish Lee was here to, um, to tell me, to tell us all what he thinks, um, about this and how it uh, meshes with world of Warcraft system, because, um, just to get the the wild player's perspective on that um mp is moving to a percentage system effectively they're calling it a cap at um at 10,000 mp but really everything has sort of been based on percentages for a long time and this is just sort of um helping the the numbers agree with that Um, TP, technique points are being removed altogether. And this is, this is basically an embedded buff to any of the physical DPS classes. (laughs) Um, abilities that expended TP are now going to be free actions, whether those are just, um, your regular damage rotations, combos, or your AOEs, um, I have a doom spike in my pants over this (laughs) because I will be spamming doom spike combos like crazy. I was, you know, when you're going through dungeons and, um, maybe your tank is over pulling or, um, or maybe they're just spots where you have a lot of enemies coming at you at once. Um, you have, you know, your physical DPS, you have your um, AOE options, but if you overused them, you could run out of technique points, and then you would just kind of be standing there looking like a tool um, while you were waiting for them to replenish, and um, you really can't do much to help your tank at that point. So uh, now you can spam your AOEs to your heart's content, and um, honestly, I think it's just a quality of life improvement because... Um, I don't think anyone was wiping to this, but it was really annoying and not very fun hmm. to just uh be standing there going through your um your auto attack because you don't have the technique points to um carry out any more actions since you've already um AoE'd the AoE'd the pack of mobs down as much as you could with um a full a full bar. So uh hopefully this will help your physical DPS cope with, um, cope with overzealous tanks or just, um, really busy aspects of, um, dungeons. I know there were times when I could have AOE'd a bunch of mobs at once, but I instead opted to focus them down one at a time just so that I could ration out my TP, um, and it looks like that's not going to be an issue anymore so i'm really excited about that. If you uh, um,
0: if if i like look at these changes as far as uh, adding charged actions and then this this change to mp uh it really kind of seems like they're trying to make the combat a lot faster and more dynamic.
2: Yeah, it's it's true. I mean i think combat was already pretty fast but there were definitely um Red light green light moments, I suppose, yeah. just brought on by um, <clears throat> just by brought on by your resource management, mm-hmm. and I think um now it's going to flow a lot better, and it's going to be more about optimization with the um with the abilities that you have. people can now focus on just um getting the most out of their character, the most out of their build um, with um with their I guess deck of abilities rather than having to, um, having to ration their TP here. MP still going to be a thing, but it needs to be a thing because um, if you treated MP the same way that TP is being treated here, um, you there are I don't think there are any tanks that would be able to to peel monsters off of black mages at some point. <laughs> But uh, I think what we have here is a really good system, and um I'm really looking forward to um, to trying it out in action um, and here's one that will um will affect Teresa because she's a summoner uh pets, which are your summons uh fairies if you're playing um scholar, I believe um no longer affected by enemy attacks or actions. I'm not sure if that means that they just cannot be um cannot be killed because that would be unusual but it would I can see it being in a an interesting system change if all of the aggro that they um if they pull gets directed at the caster
0: hmm.
2: um but that's that's pure speculation on my part I'm just kind of uh going over the note that was in the live letter so yeah I, I kind of uh, we'll, doubt that if uh a pet is like you know uh, attacking a monster that it's just going to ignore it yeah know. um so when pets had um had when pets were affected as they are right now um any damage that they dealt they were treated like another party member so if they were out damaging the tank, and the tank wasn't doing anything to pull aggro off of it. Um, the monster would attack it, would attack the summoner, whatever, just like an, any other party member, and it could be killed, and you'd have to resummon something. Um, I'm thinking if pets aren't going to take damage, then, um, any hate that they generate will have to be directed at the caster. Hmm. But again, they didn't explicitly say that. It just, that seems to be what logic dictates, if this note is to be taken literally. Yeah. Um, it could also, also mean that initial that uh, a pet couldn't pull initial aggro.
0: That might be one approach. That,
2: that would be think. interesting, but hmm. not sure exactly how it would work in practice. Hmm. Um, pet actions are actually being homogenized into one-size-fits-all main hotbar actions by job. So um I don't know if this means that they're abolishing the pet hotbar entirely or if they're just um or if they're just trying to pare it down considerably but as one example the there's a new summoning action which is called Eggy Assault 1 which is it's going to go on a summoner's regular hotbar and it indexes to Ifrit's Crimson Cyclone, Titan's Earth and Armor and Garuda's Aerial slash and so your inputs are going to be the same uh, for whatever uh, summon you have out, but um, the effect will differ. So um, there are complications to this in the way of um, things that you used to be able to do, um, pet actions that you could carry out while you were casting something. For example, Garuda's Contagion, and we don't know exactly how that's going to to translate, but we'll probably know a lot more on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure Teresa will be watching the um, part two of the live letter <laughs> to get answers there. Um, back to a little bit of um, system stuff. Uh, chain kill bonuses to your experience points are no longer going to be applicable in dungeons. The reason being is that um, they want you to know going into a dungeon exactly how much experience you can count on getting through an entire run, and that's eliminating a tremendous variable. Hmm. Uh, The damage limit um, across the game is increasing to seven figures, so you can now do um, just under 10 million damage or take just under 10 million damage if you fail a mechanic (laughs) or something. Um, in in accordance with this, they also said that there's likely going to be a stat crunch coming in the next expansion after Shadowbringers, hmm. uh, to prevent the numbers from get going into Discaya, um, kind of Super territory. Nice. So, um, I imagine that stat crunch, um, will probably just ill, um, will probably just reduce everything by a zero, hmm. but um we'll see exactly how that's carried out in 2 years when it when it's actually time to start discussing it um job synergy is being overhauled because um if you look at the party finder as it is now um people are wanting to have very rigid party composition um obviously dragoon bard being one of the the favorite combinations um, in the party finder and um this has kept some other jobs from from being in demand or even at all wanted to be included in parties mm-hmm. um so that was something that they definitely had to address and it looks like they're going to they're going to be um but again that's i think the details of that are going to be a thing for next week but at the very least they're um they're going to make it so that um you can be Optimal, regardless of what your party composition is going to be, which is absolutely necessary. Um, tank stances are only going to affect aggro now, so when your tank stance is up, you're going to generate more aggro, and when it's off, you're going to generate normal aggro. Hmm. Um, that is... A lot different than how it is now with uh, tank stances affecting damage output, damage taken, aggro, and, you know, a couple of other things, depending on what tank we're talking about. Um, I know playing Dark Knight, it affected how you generated MP, what um, what skills you even had available. And so um, the fact that they're stripping tank stances down to aggro now is a uh, I think it's going to be kind of liberating hmm. and aggro combos are being removed outright, which is going to declutter your hot bar. Um, this is especially interesting for uh dark Knight as well, because what I understand, and this is just, this isn't going by anything that was said in the live letter, but this was just some information that got out via leaks. It sounds like the soul eater combos on the way out too which makes me wonder if you're taking away the aggro combo and you're taking away the soul eater combo, which to one degree makes sense because if uh, tank stances only affect aggro now, that means that, um, the dark knights will be able to, um, generate MP organically like all the other, um, jobs. Um, that doesn't leave them with a, a regular combo unless something new is incoming. So that will be interesting to watch. Um, the damage reduction aspect of tanks is now being implemented through passive traits. So they're just going to always have those, um, those defense buffs as, uh, as part of their stats. Hmm. Um, healers. I think we're going to need to wait to hear more about because we know protect is being abolished. They're just throwing the entire spell out of the game, which is pretty substantial. Um, the healer balancing is, um, being geared more toward, uh, filling gaps in their individual options and optimizing their, um, their ability to carry out the job of a healer.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, so it's going to be less of a support role and more of a pure healing, um, uh, more of a pure healing role. Which is going to be interesting, considering we've got three of them, and hopefully they can still find a way to keep them nuanced, um, even when simplifying the 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 responsibilities of the role. Hmm. So that's something that I'm going to be kind of watching a- apprehensively as we get closer to Shadowbringers. It'll also be interesting to f- to
0: see how they narratively uh decide to write their way out of every healer in the game forgetting
2: how to do a spell. Uh they'll hand wave it. <laughs> um balancing stuff usually doesn't play into it. <laughs> like you just log into the game and some of your um some of your abilities have been replaced, some of them are gone and um unless it is an ability that um that you gain as part of the storyline then you're not going to lose it as part of the storyline. <laughs> so um yeah, th- um that's definitely something that they've dealt with before in Heaven's Ward and Stormblood. Mm. Um so the more sweeping note here is that Monk, Dragoon, Samurai, Ninja, Red Mage and Black Mage are going to remain fundamentally unchanged in terms of how they play. There's obviously going to be balancing um in, in play here there uh, we already talked about the job synergy being overhauled and obviously there are going to be some other uh tweaks and um adjustments made but in terms of their actual execution it sounds like um Yoshida is very happy with how things are as they stand which makes sense because i think all i think all six of those jobs are in very good places right now and, um, it's just up to the player to decide what to make of it. And, um, yeah, I, I think this is a good decision. It, it creates a, a good benchmark among the DPS to, um, you know, this is going to kind of be what we're, what we're aiming for with the other jobs in terms of balance. And for those other jobs, we have Bard, Summoner, and Machinist that are going to be getting notable changes they seem to be turning into the unofficial support jobs even though support isn't really a role that's acknowledged by uh the, the gameplay system or Square Enix at large um machinist is going to be overhauled entirely from the sound of it it's probably going to be an it's probably going to be a completely new job by the time uh we get out the other end of this um process but it needed to be because it's a mess right now um well, Bard and Summoner are just going to be um, getting very strongly fine-tuned. And so that kind of gives us hints of what to look for next week. And and there is still a ton of information under embargo that was let out on the media tour. But um, until Live Letter Part 2 on Wednesday, um, it's not going to be uh, public knowledge just yet. And so uh, if you're interested in Final Fantasy XIV, definitely be watching for Wednesday and stay tuned for uh, the nuts and bolts of the rebalancing process because I think these um, patch notes are going to read probably more interestingly than any we've seen in recent memory. Hmm.
0: Yeah, already just the summary is, is pretty
2: extensive. So Yeah, they're they're doing a lot with this.
0: Yeah. Alrighty, so let's uh, move on to uh, the rest of the news of the week.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, I just dropped one story because it was duplicated, but that's okay. Uh, so remember the Ouya? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people have. I had, have one. You have one. Yeah. Well, if you got yeah. games on it, you better get them now because uh, June. Uh, I 20, don't.
1: Nope. Think I bought anything.
0: Oh, well, June twenty fifth will be because uh, the nice thing day. was
1: uh, all the games are free to play up front.
0: Yeah, but. Uh,
1: yeah, as of yeah, June 25th, the,
0: uh, the service is going to be shutting down, so if there's anything right. on there, you're not going to be able to download it anymore.
1: Uh, so I think with this, uh, we're going to have a stream coming up before then. We're going to check out what's still on the Ouya store. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, it'll probably be the 22nd of the weekend before this. Yeah. All uh, right, so. Yeah. I'll add it to the schedule, the big OUYA stream.
0: Yeah, the big OUYA send-off stream. Uh, if you had a, if you had a Razor Forge or one of those Mad Catz micro consoles that they charge three hundred dollars for, for some reason,
2: um, th- those are going away too. So, Ooh. yeah, yeah, uh, just three Benjamin sprouting wings and flying out the window. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, fortunately yeah. they're all running Android, so uh, you yeah, know, you it should be a and...
1: decent MU box, yeah,
0: sort of thing. Yeah, so.
1: And also because it's Android, you can sideload stuff yourself.
0: Yeah, and you can also there's like open source ROMs available for the Ouya already, and I'm sure those will develop pretty quickly as time goes on. So, Um, so yeah, let's uh, pour one out for the Ouya, and we'll we'll uh, check back in in a few weeks with uh, the stream.
1: Yep, yeah, it's where like Towerfall came from, Duck Game. Uh, They had a decent amount of good indie games that started on their platform.
2: Yeah 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 I was actually interested in a once, but only because of the possibility of getting Final Fantasy dimensions to run on it
1: mm-hmm. yeah I think three was on it. that was the first console it ever still is the only console I think it's on hmm. at this point in the uh, west. here in North America, yeah yeah. Which is crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, great. Like, hey, yeah. we're Square
1: yeah. Enix. We have one of the biggest libraries of classic games in the world. We're all going to put Final Fantasy three on the Ouya. <laughs> yeah. We're not yeah. going to put it on that PlayStation or the Xbox or uh, Nintendo. We're going to put it on the Ouya.
0: Because
1: yeah. we're smart.
0: <laughs> uh, so according to reports, uh, because uh, this Jaya Mobile kind of failed, uh, Nippon Ichi is having trouble paying their employees now.
1: They got a game that's coming out. I think it's their game, Lapis X Labyrinth,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Lapis Cross Labyrinth, that comes out this week. So that might be uh, a point that kind of helps them get more funding Mm. in.
2: Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of relying. Uh, That is gross negligence to put so many of your eggs in that basket.
0: Yeah. Yep. Because the mobile
1: market is uh, notoriously fickle. Um, well, any basket, really. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the problem with that game, let's see, technically launched on March 19th. The game only survived for about two weeks until it was taken down indefinitely due to technical issues. Uh, and they've essentially not spoken about it since then.
0: Hmm.
1: So it seems like uh, they refunded people that had money put into it. Oof. Uh, but yeah, like that's uh, a good bit of money just making the game, much less not being able to bring in anything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, they got a big. That one. is gross negligence as a company. A giant disguise mobile hole that they dug themselves.
0: Oh. Uh, so that's yeah, that's gonna be hard for them to dig to dig out of.
2: Uh, yeah. hopefully this doesn't affect their American branch because they're on some pretty important projects right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, they, they essentially had to sell a bunch of stock at reduced price. Mm. Uh, to an investment firm, Daiwa Capital, uh, to raise emergency funds. Uh, which, they say here, this is generally done when a company cannot raise funds through other means like loans or advance payments due to already being at a deficit, mm. but needs the money immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like, uh, hey, let's uh, let's port uh, all our games to the current consoles as fast as we can.
0: Yeah, no, but I
1: think that's we actually a smarter idea. Right <laughs> because they've done, like, like super packs of like Disgaea One complete, uh, Disgaea Five complete, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, get the rest of your stuff on there. Yeah, you know, go through Sony's uh, PS2 Classics stuff. Yeah, uh, get it up there because yeah. uh, you're going to need that them. money. Yeah, yeah I, I will
2: give them my money if they do that. Yep. So yeah, well, we wish them well. And, uh, I
0: really wouldn't want to see this company fold. They make some great stuff. Uh, yep. Just
1: kind of sucks. Are they really the ones doing East now?
0: uh yep. no yeah
1: yes no East okay. Trails.
2: Oh. okay so
1: all right so more reason to need them to
2: <laughs> yeah that's Float. that's why i was kind of panicked there <laughs> oh the yeah, because
1: <laughs> they're in the middle of bringing those games over yeah games so. that people have been waiting on years and don't want to have to reset the clock yeah to wait for somebody else like xc to bring them over
2: Hmm. That would be a fucking disaster at this point.
0: Yeah, so what else we got here? So we got news from Codemasters. Uh, they're rebooting Grid, and it's going to be coming out uh, in September.
2: And yep. this opens the E3 trailer floodgates. <laughs> yeah, uh, it uh, kind of does. Uh,
0: well, Grid was one of... They've done two of them. Well, three, if you count Race Driver. Well, Like yeah, yeah.
1: they do, because they say it's the fourth game in the series. Yeah. Uh, Grid, yeah, whatever there. This is
2: just being called Grid.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, The second one was uh, arguably one of the games that people kind of disliked the most in that series. Uh, Grid 2? Yeah. On console, anyway. Okay. In arcades, it was. It was great. Yeah, (laughs) it was
2: amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, hopefully. That's kind of one of those intermediate kind of sim arcade uh, racers like PGR. Mm. Uh, they did a lot of cool stuff for the first one.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what they do with this one. I'm looking forward to it.
1: And it seems like they're gonna be focusing on like realistic damage, which was kind of what the first one did. Yeah. It's so, like you can yeah. fuck up your car and not be able to continue. Yeah. We, yeah. Not too many details. Just PS4, Xbox One, PC in September. Not even a specific date.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but and
1: the trailer and that's about it. Yeah. Mm. And it looks I assume, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. See some more in a couple weeks.
0: Yep. Uh, in other news, uh, Square Enix is bringing the original Star Ocean to uh, the PS4 and the P and the Switch. Yep. Cool.
1: yep. Yeah. Star Ocean First Departure R. Yeah. That's about all. It's just a
0: remake of a remake. Remake of, of
1: re- yeah. No, they're doing that again. Is that the the PSP version? Yep. First Departure. Okay.
2: Yeah. And Second Destination was uh, Star Ocean Two remake. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm willing to guess is also on the way. Probably. It looks like they're bringing all of those over. Um, I think with the PSP... Actually, that puts the entire series on the PS4, doesn't it? Um...
1: Yeah, there's at least three of them on there. There's one with a ridiculously long name. That was a PS4 original. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, there I'll was one that on one. the 360. I don't know if it ever made it over, but anyway.
1: Hmm. Yeah, let me see what the series is. Uh, our Star Ocean series. Uh, what do we got? Yeah, there's Star Ocean, Star Ocean's Second Story. That's what we're assuming both of those will be coming eventually. There's Blue Sphere. Hmm. That's a direct sequel to Second Story for the Game Boy Color in Japan. Didn't even know that. I it, yeah, I don't think it came over. Hmm. Uh, there's Till the End of Time, which is on PS4. Yeah. There's Last Hope, which is also on PS4, I think. Maybe not.
2: Hmm. If, if there's one missing, that's the one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was Star Ocean: The Last Hope, 4K and Full HD Remaster. That's the title.
2: Oh, there you go. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I a love, love title. So, so if they go through yeah. with this and bring Second Destination along with, uh, uh, along with the Star Ocean One uh, remake, uh, then we've got the whole series, the whole console yeah. series.
1: Yeah, and the other one was uh, released for PS4 was Star Ocean: Integrity and Faithlessness.
2: Yep, and that's native to PS4. Yeah, and yeah. was very poorly received.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But, well, now you can get most of the uh, Star Ocean series. Uh, you know, if you like your uh, sci fi JRPGs, um, I don't know. You could do worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Greg's yeah. finally doing smart stuff and getting their classics onto newer consoles. Yeah. Instead of just keeping them on mobile or yeah.
2: nothing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, so we got Does there. anyone
2: know how Romancing Saga Two did on the PS4? No idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see news to... about it, so I'm guessing it kind of
1: just faded.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Which wouldn't be surprised with the way Square Enix put that out. Yeah, I just kind of launched it and didn't tell anybody. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, what else we got here? So God uh, Galaxy 2.0 is coming soon. Uh, yep. You can get it on There's... the beta now.
1: Yep, and they're trying to bring be like the, the one launcher you need for everything. Yep. As far there, uh I assume it'll have ways of importing that stuff from the other launchers, like just grabbing the the exe files. Yeah. That's what says import all your games from PC and consoles, build and organize them into one master collection. Huh. Which <laughs> well, that? Ambitious. I wonder if they're talking about emulators? Maybe. But, like, the images they have mentions Xbox, which makes me wonder, is that what they're going to call Windows Store games? Because well, they technically have so Xbox those... labels on them. Yeah. Uh, unless, yeah. Uh,
0: unless CD Projekt accidentally leaked something that Microsoft was going
1: to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Whoops. Uh, Let's we'll see. see what other screenshots they have here. Yeah, they show... They can, you can like look at your collection as a whole as far as games. It has like GOG, Origin, Steam, Xbox. You can see, like, oh, here's like the new stuff I've added. It'll track your achievements across all those as well. Yeah. As well as hours played. Uh, so it'll give you like all those sort of stats. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Install and launch any PC game you own, no matter the platform. Uh See, yeah, you can create custom library views by filtering, sorting, tagging and adding your own visuals like game backgrounds and covers, which is what people want out of Steam for a while.
0: Yeah,
1: it seems like what that new Steam library update will do. but uh, if they can essentially do like the launcher for all launchers, kind of thing that could be really cool.: Yeah,' Cause there's one that kind of does that. I think it's called Play night, yeah, something like that, but it's still like a little bit wonky. I like uh, the idea yeah, like, that
0: if you you could like sign into all of your stuff like Epic and Steam and whatever, just have it all in one place.
1: Yeah. Um, if you, you also have like all of your friends list stuff too, so you can see like what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, leaderboards. that uh go between them cross platform chats, and all that. So that's cool. Mm. And of course, like the GOG kind of thing is like there's no, uh, there's no like spyware in their system. Nope. Like it's supposed to be you know, allows you to, you know, have all your privacy that you want. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, also
0: see that they've taken feedback from the community as far as the design of Galaxy goes because it looks really nice now. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, this will have like a lot of cool like theme work to it. Yeah. Like be able to just pull like uh seems like it pulls like the, the artwork for the game and sort of themes the whole uh yeah. launcher around that. Yep. Yeah. Which is always kinda nice. Whereas like Steam where it's like this is just dark gray. Kind of. Maybe, maybe kind of. Maybe blue if you're at... Reminds me of LaunchBox a little bit. Yeah. The yeah. thing I noticed recently that Steam does, if you have, if you take a screenshot, mm. it'll set that as the background in the Steam library view.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that. Which
1: means when I took a picture of the, the level 19 gun in Borderlands that dropped uh, at the beginning area, you see that's off. my background. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. I kind of wish you could have like community screenshot thing. Mm. It's like, hey, just cycle through screenshots that communities have put the communities put up.
0: Mm.
1: Like something actually looks nice. It's like my dumb borderlands yeah. screenshot. Yeah.
0: It's
1: like, oh, this says level nineteen. I'm level one. What the mm. fuck?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh but yeah, like also, you know, it's gonna run your GOG stuff. Uh, you know, your You're auto on. updates, cloud saves, multiplayer and matchmaking, and be able to roll back updates if you don't like them.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that could yeah. be neat. I wasn't a Galaxy user, and I think now I'm going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I very much like the look of this. I was always one of the people that went into their GOG account and downloaded the offline installer.
2: <laughs> so
1: Yeah. But. And I had GOG Galaxy, hmm. which I launched to remind myself what I had on there. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's, it's, it's this kind of service where you log on, you're like, oh, they got new, uh, new Steam Connect games. I'll get those, and I log off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have too much on there that I necessarily want to play because it's like well, I can also play this on Steam I don't need to install it twice yeah well, I play Wizardry a bit.
0: on Steam so that's, a, that's kind of a problem but yeah
1: yeah, I got lots of weird little free stuff too out of it
2: hmm.
1: it's like oh these are old games I never knew about or cared about really hmm. so I don't really play them much either hmm. but, it's like Ultima I think I have a couple of those that they have by default so yeah, you can get I, with it
0: I have the whole series now yeah, mm. ah, I love that series. It was so good until you got to Ultima Nine, and then it went.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, downhill. Yeah. Yeah, I really should do a stream of just me checking out old PC stuff as somebody who never played that. Oh, that would be a just like trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, uh, start like the, with a calabeth and see how I get on. <laughs> yeah, depend on whatever's on. What I have on GOG, I have 140 games on GOG. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah. It's like Age of Wonders. Yeah, Calabeth. Is that one of the ones they throw in their default? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got yeah a bunch of stuff. Hmm. Here I got... Wait, where's it? It's off the order. <laughs> oh, it's two pages. What? <laughs> when did they start doing this? Yes. I got yes. Ultima, or Worlds of Ultima, hmm. the Savage Empire. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I Ultima 4, Ultimate Worlds of Adventure 2. those goes the Ultima ones I have. Hmm. Tyrion 2,000. UFO aftermath. That's like, an XCOM predecessor, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And I got, like all the Witchers. I got Walking Dead's on here. Mm. Yeah, you might uh, want
0: to download those because the Telltale stuff's getting delisted. So.
1: Yeah, but I already have them. Yeah. On so it, I don't have to worry about so. redownloading that. So. Mm. Uh, I got System Shock Two. Mm. Yeah, Alright.
0: Well, let's move on to uh, Steam's doing a kind of a fun thing this week. Uh, they're doing a spring cleanup sale. It's basically, well, they're not actually, it's not even a sale. It's just an event where you can uh, earn badges by playing stuff that you forgot about or have never started <laughs> to begin with. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Uh, there's uh, tasks yeah. for contributing tags, there's tasks for uh uh playing the very first game you ever added to your Steam library.
1: Oh, God, what is that for me? <laughs> yeah, it'll tell you. Uh, Where's it at? Yeah, is on it here? on here?
0: Yeah, just go to store and then click on the, uh, uh, the thing, the big banner.
1: Play the first game you added to your Steam account. Yeah. Speedball 2 Tournament. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, first cool. purchase May 12, 2009. Yeah. Oh, I just passed my 10-year anniversary on Steam.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. I man. bought stupid bullshit then. <laughs> this was free, probably yeah that's probably exactly what it is
0: or a review code or something. I know I got one for for that uh but yeah, um, so it's kind of fun. I've been doing that. That's how I've been playing a set of Corsa, they've got uh seven games free for the weekend.
1: Can I screwed uh, out of this just by seeing this today
0: uh, No. Do I...
1: okay, so it's not just those top three daily tasks
0: the no, the tasks are oh. all the same every day, but the games change okay. yeah, yeah, except for the the free free seven uh, seven games those stay the same, so you only technically need one of those. You just play it every
1: day. Yeah, I think I am screwed out of getting the level three badge.
0: Uh, if you didn't start on uh, on Thursday, then yeah, you are. Yeah,
1: that's what I hate about these kind of events. Yeah, especially because I was like using Steam, but I didn't check the store. Yeah, because I've got seven hundred games. I don't need to go buy more. <laughs> yep, it's like they don't surface that stuff to the rest of the the launcher itself. Mm. Well, I got a notification about it when I started Steam. It's like, oh, hey. Yeah, I don't turn Steam off. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you never get it.
0: So. No. Well. That's why Steam needs uh, an overhaul. Yeah, it, it kind of does. It is looking a little long in the tooth now, isn't it? Mm. But anyways. Uh, so from uh, old launchers to uh, new handheld systems, uh, Panic announced the their Playdate handheld. It's a tiny little thing with a black and white screen. Uh, it's going to go for 150 bucks. Will come with uh, 12 games, delivered one a week, and it has a crank.
1: Yes. And lots of games by weird people like Kida Takahashi. Yeah,
2: that's really uh, all you need to hear.
1: Bennett Foddy. Yeah. Uh, you know,
2: I was on board until I found out it wasn't backlit, and that was kind of the deal breaker for me.
0: Yeah, except it's not a. It's it's actually a very good screen, even though it's not backlit. Uh, it's not like it's not like a Game Boy screen. Oh, I know. Yeah. Still, for 150 bucks, I kind of would expect backlighting. So. Yeah, uh, but it looks good, and it has a crank. I don't yep. know what else you need in a handheld system. I, I didn't know I needed a crank, but apparently we do. I'm <laughs> yeah. guessing there's a fishing game coming. know, probably one. Well, probably one of the twelve that, uh, that get released.
1: Uh, yeah, like the the Takahashi game is like where you're cranking it to. Uh, Go back and forth in time. Yeah. It's like a character's going through like their day. And then you can kind of watch how it goes and then rewind it to rewatch what's going on or uh go forward even mm-hmm. more, all that sort of stuff. I, I would have
0: really been uh like even more on board with it if uh not only could you use it as a, a way to control the game, but you could actually use it to charge the thing too.
1: <laughs> um, that would have been kinda of fun, but
2: stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so. Okay, yeah, his game his Kid of Takaji's game is called Crankins Time Travel Adventure.
0: Yep. And it has the most nineties story ever.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can sign up for their uh newsletter.
2: Yep.
1: I'll let you know when it's uh ready for pre order. Yeah. I guess they have a big uh like uh feature in Edge mm-hmm. right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I suspect this will actually ship before the Atari VCS does. Yeah, that wouldn't be hard. <laughs> yeah, because that's it's never shipping. No, it really isn't. I don't think. Uh, okay, so a couple of weird, couple of stories to go, and we'll get off the for the week. Uh, PlayStation is going to be uh, launching a film and TV division for reasons nobody understands.
1: I think it's to. Like, not have it be so scattershot the way they've done it in the past. Like, have just people on hand to sort of produce it and make sure they're done properly. Because, hmm. like, uh, like, that Sly Cooper movie or show, whatever it is, is, like, in hell at this point, from yeah. what it seems. But like, the Ratchet Clank thing came out, but... Yeah, like, the, it's headed up by Sod Kizilbash,
0: who
1: hmm. You've probably seen it at Sony Press Conferences.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and so he's going to be... He is their current Vice President of Marketing. Uh, it'll also be overseen by Sean Layden. And, uh, yeah, they're working on stuff. I think the the one that's come out early that they're working on is uh, Twisted Metal Show. Oh, dear. Uh, headed up by one of the guys from John Wick.
0: Okay, that's just going to be just fucking insane. Yep. Um, I, I could get behind this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it uh, seems like a cool way to kind of get some... Need like shows and movies out of this, out of some of the cool stuff they make.
0: Yeah, they might actually be able to get a good Uncharted movie actually off the ground now. So
1: yeah, yeah,
0: that would be uh, pretty fun. All right, and finally, we'll wrap up with uh, Sony demonstrating the uh, storage capabilities of the PlayStation Five, or they're not calling it PlayStation Five, but it's the PlayStation Five. Yeah. Um, So uh, they showed off some uh, the difference in load times with uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's not subtle. No, no. at all. <laughs> uh, so this is this is interesting to me because it opens up a whole lot of possibilities. Uh, yeah, it
1: changes how you have to make games when, if you're, and it doesn't mean like load is going to be gone. Hmm. Games like loading, it just means that games that are, you know, even light unloading will have next to nothing. Uh, and those that even have, you know, fair loading is going to be minimal. Yep. But, you know, developers are going to throw more shit at this and overload it in ways that are probably still have some loading times, but it's probably not going to be like two minute loadings. Yeah. Because, uh, like, if you have a PC with an SSD and you have games on those SSD, you can sort of see how quick that stuff can load. Yeah. Uh, but this will have the advantage of being even faster because it's got, uh, what is it, NVMe? Yeah. That's the, it's the uh, tech. Yeah.
0: NVMe, that's uh, the non volatile memory extensions. Um, essentially
1: like connects the the memory to uh to the cpu the GPU and all that c- cpu and
0: gpu over the pci express bus
1: so there's no throttle between them like no bottleneck
0: yeah well that the keeps bottleneck it, of the of the pci express bus but that's pretty substantial so yeah it hmm. essentially really like allows
1: yeah it's like games are going to have to be changed differently like like your sports games think about like pat like when you're playing nhl like not having to wait around for that loading uh, yeah. and having it present like it probably starts presenting like the, what's going on with the game and all that while it's doing that.
2: Hmm.
1: And it's like, you no longer have to wait for that yeah. anymore. You can just start playing the game pretty quickly uh, and get you in even faster. You know, the loading that you have at the beginning of games, uh, it should already be skippable. I think shake down Hawaii. Yeah. Let's me just uh, button right through it real fast. So get in pretty quick. Uh, it's like that stuff's going to be largely gone if the developer wants it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a very, very cool thing to get back to games that you can jump in and actually not have to wait for
1: a minute or two just to get to a playable state. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's going to just put the load on the servers for online games. Yeah. Like you're not, you may not be able to get around the GTA like five minute loading to get onto GTA Online. No. But to get into the single-player stuff, it should be a good bit shorter.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe a minute at most, yeah. which is huge compared to that word. Like, that game is always weird to start up because it gives you an option to, like, switch over to online, but then you hit a point of no return. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, shit, now i got to wait, like, four or five more minutes so I can switch back to the other one because mm. I hit the wrong button or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, like, that stuff's still going to be around. but
0: Because, yeah. uh, and developers will still figure out ways to be horrible. Uh, yeah, you
1: know. Uh, I guess also in this presentation they sort of laid down that they're uh, essentially going to be able to present. Uh, they talk about like the last few gens where you know the PS1 and PS2 is like you had your game on CD or DVD and that was it. Mm-hmm. Like PS3 was Blu-ray and download. Yeah, and that was the same on PS4. And now for next gen, uh, their plans are basically you're going to be able to uh, play it's. Uh, Install it from the Blu-ray, download it, and stream it. Which I think stream also includes uh the uh what is it, the remote play? Yeah. As well as like a PlayStation Now style thing. Hmm. So they're like like having this uh increased like uh diminishing of load times, like that'll help out on that streaming stuff. Yeah. Big time. Uh less like overhead on all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they're definitely talking a big game. Like those are some of the things they're focusing on with this new hardware. Like those are like big things that people are going to be able to look at and be like, "Oh shit!" Uh, sort of like the way uh, this past gen is like big on you know sharing. Yeah, and taking screenshots, videos, having the the dashboard that facilitates your ability to like uh, make edits to those videos and upload them, and all that, uh, as well as streaming off the console just to. You know, put it up on Twitch or uh Ustream. Yep. That sort of stuff. Like those are all big ideas that Sony was ahead of everybody else on. Yeah. And they nailed the those predictions. Yep. Right at Microsoft's like, We're gonna let you watch your T V on your Xbox. Yeah, People are trying to world, get away with <laughs> and when people are, you know, constantly cutting the cable. Yeah. They double down on the cable.
0: Yeah. That didn't go so well. Unfortunately, the uh, all the Xbox still have that pass through, so kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I, s- I still wish they didn't cut the connect port. Yeah, because that just means I have you know paperweight over here
2: because
1: <laughs> I can't sell it really, not for any reasonable amount of money for it, uh, and I can't use it without spending a bunch of money on a an adapter. Yeah, like that a they sixty dollar
0: adapter for yeah. some reason.
1: To use like the the five or six games i have for it hmm. which is ridiculous yeah. i was like huh ah, i got these like six games i can't use that uh essentially aren't bc anymore hmm. <laughs> because they don't have the specific hardware for it uh but, but it'll be interesting to see how this stuff because xbox is going to be doing their thing at e3 and i assume that's where we're going to start at least putting out the first bits of details on what they're planning
0: yeah yeah, I expect uh, probably a pretty deep dive on the hardware this year. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are saying, no, they shouldn't do that,
1: but no, they actually really do need to now. Uh, yeah, now that Sony's been out there sort of giving out their details. Yeah. Like Microsoft needs to come out instead of being like, hey, X Cloud. Yeah. We got X Cloud. Oh, well, I'm sure like, they'll show that too. But, yeah, know. but it's like you need to know what you're going to be able to do locally.
0: Yeah the uh, the days of one hundred percent stream gaming is not here yet, folks. No. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, alongside that, I uh, should probably also mention that uh, a new version of the PlayStation VR will not be coming with the PlayStation Five.
2: Yeah, and- they've already established this. Um, I think it was pretty much settled when Mark Cerny said that the PlayStation VR you have right now will work with the PlayStation five. Yeah. So I'm sure more models will be coming with, uh, more quality of life, uh, improvements and, um, just better design overall as, um, as it becomes more affordable to make. But, um, it's nice to know, um, when you get down to it, the PlayStation VR is PlayStation VR and, you know that's um, that is the device moving forward, so you don't have to. Um, you're not going to have to buy a whole new headset when the time comes.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. not at launch. Yeah, like I said, think they're kind of focused on this. It's like, we're we're not going to ask you to spend 400 bucks on a PS5 and then another 400 for PSVR 2.0. Yeah,
0: which uh, let's be honest, um, also which a lot of people have kind of missed this. Also, pretty much confirms BC with PS4.
1: Yeah, they already did that. Yeah,
0: well, with a, that. a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh,
1: but yeah, that's going to be because I think just having the increased uh, hardware power mm. with uh, the PS5 is going to be uh, big for the PlayStation VR. Yeah,
0: Being yeah.
1: able to. I mean, just have more stable ground for that stuff.
0: Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> And this is a big jump in hardware power. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah. Um, so, hopefully, less times where you—I'm sure you've noticed this, pet like loading uh, times when it's just pure black screen.
2: Uh huh. You're like, <laughs> you get the uh, PSVR version of the swirling dot. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Or you're just like ah okay, I hope it's uh, going to the whatever it's doing because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm just staring into the void.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which has a strangely relaxing quality all
1: <laughs> to itself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, good. My eyes can rest for a second.
0: Yeah, uh, I do look forward to the next generation of headsets. Uh, yeah, like the the one thing that I think a lot of people are hoping for is an increased field of view. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think ideally, uh, one hundred eighty degrees is where everybody wants to end up at some point. Uh, yeah, but we're not there yet. No, <laughs> uh, PlayStation VR is, I think, a hundred degrees. Uh, 100 degrees or 120—I can't remember off the top of my head—but it's it's not. I you can definitely tell you're wearing a headset.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, which you would think would destroy the um the immersion aspect altogether, but it really doesn't. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The games do a good job of framing it well. Yeah, whether it's like oh you're wearing goggles, that kind of limit what you're doing or. Like in Dirt Rally, like when you get into some uh, especially bad like crashes, it'll focus it kind of like you're wearing like, the head covering <laughs>
0: yeah, that a racer
1: does, where it's mm. like that view kind of shrinks a little bit.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: but yeah, that's going to be uh, cool to see what they do with that stuff at launch yep. as far as games. Now, they can kind of have that stuff uh, there from day one and know that people already have headsets for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder, like, what developers are going to be able to do uh, with their existing games to just, you know, bump up the quality a little bit once uh, the PS5 comes out. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, it'll be
1: fun. Yeah, we'll see some PlayStation 5 uh, updates.
0: Hmm. It's
1: like, hey, our game runs at, you know, 4K, sixty, and also it doesn't run like ass anymore.
0: Yeah. I wonder if they'll ever bring back PlayStation Home. That would be the time to do it. Yeah, uh, it's uh, I and mean, the, the whole social uh, socializing in VR. Yes, um, yeah,
1: there kind of is that with Rec Room. Yeah, that's kind of that idea. Yeah. and done by an independent studio. Yeah, yeah, but I did like the
0: idea behind PS uh, PS Home where you could just go out and out and about and do the all these fun activities there. Uh the yeah. Namco had that arcade over there, which was pretty cool. Um uh, of course, uh if you didn't own the games that were in the cabinets, you couldn't play them, so that might be something to um, you know, look into. yeah. But, uh, yeah. And so uh yeah, I guess that's yeah. where where we are we're at for this week.
1: Yeah. Hey Pat. Hello. So for I don't know if you've seen like the deals on PlayStation VR games this week. I uh, have. There's like Darknet. I think that's a game you should check out. It's for a mm-hmm. puzzle game
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, where you're kind of. It's kind of mostly just you looking around to find like hacking nodes. <laughs> it's a. It's a pretty simple game, but it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I assume you already have Resident.
2: Um, I haven't really uh, looked into it too much. I just. Kind of gave the sale a cursory glance because I only yeah. have cursory funds. But. Price yeah. um,
1: Infinite's uh, a game you should definitely check out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the way you control that with your head is transformative for that game. Hmm. So it's like, oh, you're suddenly playing this with a mouse yeah. instead of controller. Is uh, it mostly head control, that
0: game? Or? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because your, your cursor is your view. Oh. That? So instead of sweeping thanks. a cursor over. Uh, the enemies, you can swing your view over it.
0: Yeah, you're now doing if you
1: goals. miss one, you can look around behind you. Mm. It's like, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, then just sit there and enjoy the view as it goes around you. Because yeah. it moves at a steady pace, so no real worry about getting sick out of it. Yeah, until you go to Area X. Yeah.
0: Mm. Even then, they, they tune that one pretty well. So.
2: Yep. Ooh. Just got an interesting bit of news here. Hmm. Well, uh, Microsoft is going to be using their entire two hours at E3. That's <laughs> that's substantial. Yeah,
0: you know, Phil Spencer did say they were going to go big this year. So,
2: yeah, um, that's and that's been plan. one of my um, one of my big complaints in recent years is that companies haven't been using their entire stage time. So yeah, that's that's reassuring. Yeah, so
0: alrighty. Uh, so I think we'll wrap it up there for the week. Uh, i like to remind everybody, if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, you can do so over at anchor.fm. Uh, the link is down at the bottom of the show notes or head over to anchor.fm slash day zero update. and Check us out there. We're on about nine different platforms now. So uh, yeah, chances are you can find us pretty much anywhere on your favorite application of choice. Uh, also, don't forget, uh, if you want to send us a uh, voicemail, you can do so on that page as well. want to hear from you. So for Patrick Mifflin and Chris Sologi, I have been Filippo DiNolfo, and we'll see you next week.